Thank you for joining us. It's our mission to restore hope and make a positive difference in your life today. Remember to hit subscribe so you can be the first to know when we release new content. Let's go now to today's message. Let's just honor our pastors because man, has the Lord blessed us at this house. Let's, can we just give him a praise for that? Man, I, I am I'm always amazed yet not surprised by how the Lord is. And to prove this, yesterday, they can attest to this, I looked at Caleb and Courtney and I said, who made the set list? I looked them straight in the face and said, who made the set list? And I don't, think, I don't know if they knew how to take it. And they said, well, well we did. We just kind of picked some songs. We knew you knew. But, but that's just how the Lord works. That's how it works because if I had some notes, they'd have read them. Okay? And so it's so, it's not difficult, but it's, I want to be cautious how we go from one moment to the next. And we've talked about his faithfulness, and it's easy to give gratitude when we give you a five-minute songs with the words up here to give him thanks. But he says, in the Bible, it says we enter his, his, his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise, and I want to be in his presence. I don't know if y'all came on a Wednesday at 7.53 to get in his presence, but I know that I did, so why don't we just start by giving a heart song of gratitude to the one who got you to this point today. And so I just wanna lift my hands and say thank you because you've been faithful. I'm not gonna praise him for you. Let your ears, hear your mouth, say something good about the King of Kings on a Wednesday night. Give him praise because he's worthy. Because he's worthy. Man, y'all got me wound up and I've been up here 60 seconds. Thank you, Lord. Uh, go ahead and sit for a second. Yesterday, I had the opportunity to ask them one of the most redundant questions. How long do I have? <laughs> so, so we'll just see. But so, um, of course, we all laughed at that just like you did. And so um, I want to encourage your faith about this gas thing. Uh, my dad's in Texas right now, drilling you some oil and gas. And so, of course, hey, Dad, on YouTube. My mom's here, and thank you, my little Ascension fam. Um, guys, it, it means something to have leadership. Caleb, Courtney, Payne, and Shay are pastors who are willing to, to share that. And it means something. But the oil in the gas industry is not the oil I've come to talk about. But I've come to talk about... If I were to title this, it would be Maintain the Flame. And so let's go to, let's go to Leviticus 6. I'll start here. I won't stay here, but I'll give you something to note. Leviticus 6, verse 8. He said, this is, um, I'll give you context in a moment, but this is, uh, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Command Aaron and his sons saying, This is the law of the burnt offering. The... The burnt offering shall be on the hearth upon the altar all night until morning, and the fire of the altar shall be kept burning on it. And the priest shall put on his linen garment and his linen trousers. He shall put on his body and take up the ashes of the burnt offering, which the fire has consumed on the altar. He shall put them beside the altar. Then he shall take off his garments put on other garments and carry the ashes outside of the camp to a clean place. 
and the fire on the altar shall be kept burning on it. It shall not be put out. And the priest shall burn wood on it every morning and lay the burnt off offering in order on it. And he shall burn on it the fat of the peace offerings. Remember, a fire shall always be burning on the altar. It shall never go out. So I don't know how familiar we all are with the tabernacle and, and, its, and its layout. So I want to I remind everyone here. So we start out as the courts, the outer courts, right? So we have a gate. So let's let this stage be your gate, okay? It's nice and wide. It's wide open, but you have to enter through the gate, right? So then we have here, we have the outer courts, and we'll put, we'll put a sacrifice. I think right here is a pretty good place for a sacrifice. What about you? Yeah. All right, so we have the sacrifice. Then we'll come a little further back. We have the holy place, right? But, like, let's picture a door. Have a little imagination with me. Let's have a door, right? But <clears throat> I'll get on this later. But let's go ahead and note we have a wide gate. We have a tall, narrow door. This can be your door. Okay? And then back here, we got the Holy of Holies. Yeah. All right? You got this with me in your mind? Yes. All right. So, so how did we get to this point? So we go way back into Genesis, and we got God and, and man and woman, Adam and Eve, man and woman. I'll stay there. But we have, we have them, and, and, we're, and we have the Lord. He, he's made them in his image. He's commanded them to be fruitful and multiply. He, he's given them this, and, and they're, in, they're in covenant, but they're in community, right? right? So he's already in community with the Holy Spirit, and the Father said, let them make them in our image. And so we make these people, and he just wants to hang out with them, right? Same idea. Same idea. So there's the fall of man, and now we have... We have the tabernacle just because he wants a place where he dwells and you can come. Are y'all following with me? So we get to this point, but how do we get to this point? Lord, Lord, can I just pray really fast? Lord, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth, God, and the time of it, Father. God, so we just submit ourselves to you. We submit this time to you. God, I submit myself, God, that I may just be humble before you so that your spirit may be standing bold and the words come firm. God, just speak to your people tonight, God, and have your way in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. So I love, I love the thing with the tabernacle, but I want to talk about how we get there. So you have Moses, right? And we have Moses, and we will fast forward through the story. He lives this crazy little life, Egyptian thing, and, and then he goes and he sets the people free, right? So we come and we have this exodus moment of coming out of captivity. I don't know if somebody in here needs an exodus moment. Let's go ahead and get there, all right? So, Because he's already done it, you know? Let's not hang out in Egypt. Why don't we just come on and get up out the grave, and let's move on because he has a promise for us if we're just willing to go get it, Okay. So he came and he's leading the people and he calls him up. He calls him up on the mountain. And, he, and you know, Moses, he's, he's like, I'm not real good at this speaking thing. So he gets Aaron, right? Who are, who are you surrounding yourself with? All right. My, my corner, praise God, is full of people who, who will send me text messages, who will give me that phone call. Guys, who's in your corner? Okay. So he goes up in the mountain. And I love this because we've been talking about the mountain a lot next door. And so he takes Moses up, and he, and he, just, he just starts downloading and downloading and downloading. He says, I want, I want you to relay this to the people because these are my people, a chosen people, the least of the people. 
newsflash, this is you too, okay? So don't, don't be like, oh, that's great for Israel. This is you, okay? So if, if you're just kind of a little bit bored, be like, wow, the Lord did this for me. So, he, so Moses goes up on the mountaintop, and he starts getting all this information, and he comes and relays it back to the people, right? And the whole goal is to establish, reestablish community. Does this make sense? I'm sorry. I'm, tr- I'm trying here. And so he wants to take us to the mountain part. Is all with me? So I don't, I'm not looking for, oh, I want to be Moses and lead the people. I'm looking for, God, I want to meet you on this place. And how do I get there? It's because I'm consecrated and in unity with you. Because here's the deal about Moses and Aaron that really just kind of bugs me when it comes to people in general and myself. Is that they became now a mouthpiece on behalf of the Father for a nation. So they are, they, he, he. Guys, we have, God has created this whole thing. If you go back to Genesis with a word, with a word, a spoken word, here's heaven, here's earth, here's light, and then he goes and he gets his hands in it, and here's man. Why does he need people? Whenever the creator of the earth says, I could honestly do this in a moment. If you want some affirmation and validity for yourself in this walk, he says, I could literally speak this right now and I could do the thing, but I've chosen to use you. I've chosen to speak through your mouth if you'd be willing to open it. I'd be willing to deposit something to you if you just turn your ear to hear. That's you. That is me. But here's the thing with Moses. He couldn't just sit among the people. Not that that was a bad thing. Community's great. But sometimes we just got to separate ourselves. Sometimes I just got to say, I got to get alone with you. I just need need that moment to be with you because how can I speak for you if I don't have the nerve to sit down and speak to you? I got to come and I got to get in a place where I'm seeking your face, where I just want to see your glory so that I can be a valid mouthpiece to your people on your behalf. Does this make sense to everybody? So you got Moses and you and he's up here and you got the, the murmuring people, you know how we are. Man, what is he what is he doing? You know, he keeps going up to this mountain. The Lord calls him up here what, like 40 days. And man, these these people are getting fed up. They are like, you you've got to be kidding me. So remember, God gives this to Moses and Aaron helps relay it, right? You can keep me in check here. So he goes and he says, okay, so Aaron, Aaron has to be what? He has to be listening. He has to be listening. I don't know what you have your ear turned to, but I'm telling you that the Lord is in a time that he is speaking to a people if they are willing to listen, but it, it matters what you have your ear turned to because this is what happened. Moses went up the mountain and he's doing his thing with the Lord, being obedient and he's, he's listening, writing out the commandments. And the commandments are not, I'm not going to go there yet. But these are, these are critical. He's establishing in a covenant between God and his people. He's being that middle piece. And so they, go, they come and, he, and God's like, God's, God's frustrated. And who could blame him, really? And he says, when people, now when the people saw Moses delayed coming from the mountain, the people gathered to Aaron and said to him, come and make us gods that we should that shall go before us. For as this Moses man, the man you brought up out of the land of Egypt, we don't even know what's going on with him. We don't even know what's become of him. So what, what does Aaron do? Okay, Aaron is supposed to be, let's, let's back up. And I'm not, I'm not trying to 
run around. I'm giving you context. So let's go back to Aaron. Aaron and his sons. And they, they know this as much as anybody. This has wrecked me as a person, this consecration of Aaron. Because Aaron, he's not even the one who is getting, I mean, let's think about it. Moses is getting the credit. Moses is getting the credit. But he's a part of this priesthood. Aaron is called to be this priesthood. You and I are being called. He's, our pastors have been teaching on this Zadok anointing, this priesthood that we are called to walk in as believers, as sons and daughters of Christ, that we are now adopted into this lineage, that we are supposed to walk in the same consecration as Aaron, that we would be devoted and desiring this unity with the Father, that we are connected with him, he and I, and me and him. Does this make sense to y'all? So then he goes and he gets consecrated in the oil from his beard, stripping we talk about it in psalms and that's the beauty of unity is we go back to his unity with the father and so the 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 rule for aaron is hey you can come out here in the courts i want you to i want you to arrange the sacrifice and then you're the one who can go through the door you're the one going to make atonement because you are in that priesthood once a year i want you to make atonement for you and for them but that's where it gets that's in the private places with me That's in the most holies of holies. Does this make sense to you guys? So we have Aaron here, and that's, that's his duty. Tend the fire, make atonement. Tend the fire, make atonement. Speak what I've put in your mouth. Make, tend the fire, make atonement. But what, where did he mess up? He turned his ear. He turned his ear. And they said, what is Moses doing? Is this, is this the man? Who, who brought us out of Egypt to sit here and die? Do you know what that made me think of? I'm out here in the garden. Did God, is this the God who created you? He's withholding from you this one thing. He won't let you eat from the tree. He said he gave everything for you and your dominion. Is this the same God who said that I've called you to rule and reign and made in my image? But he's going to withhold something from you? Is that the same God? And how, how arrogant we are to go, well, look at Eve. Well, look at those Israelites. They couldn't wait 40 days. They couldn't wait 40 days. Is this really, is this really what you're doing, God? Is that real? Did I really hear you right? Did I really hear you? Are you really who you say you are? Because I know that my Bible says that he gives good gifts. That he says, I've supplied all your needs according to his riches and glory. He said, if you'll seek first his kingdom, then all these things will be added to you. But what do we have to do first? We have to seek him. We have to stay in the covenant. There's a consecration that we're called to. And when we go up on the mountain, it's not so that I can have this high self-righteous experience to say, well, look at those Israelites down there just messing up. They just couldn't be patient because I'm sitting here trying to figure out, well, Lord, where's my husband? Didn't you say that if I lived faithful to you, I'd have him? God, where's my dream job? Didn't you say if I live faithful to you, I'd have him? But he said, I have already established you. I've given you what you need. You've already been made in my image. What more do you want? If you just lean into me and step into this covenant with me, then all these things will be added to you. I've already said it. So we got, we got Moses up here. 
and, he, and, and you got the, the very much needed anger of the Lord. And he says, the Lord said to Moses, get down for your people whom you've, you've brought out of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They've turned aside quickly, quickly. How faint are we? Quickly out of the way which I've commanded them. And they have made themselves a molded calf worshiped it, sacrificed to it. This is your God, O Israel, that has brought you out of Egypt. Look at this stiff-necked people. Look at this stiff-necked people. And how many times do we get so frustrated with people and we look at them and think, how could you? What are they doing? I thought they said they were Christians. These are those church people you've been talking about. This could be Moses. He's like, Lord, you know what? I'm with clean hands, pure hearts. I made up the mountain. I hate it for them. I I hate it. And the Lord's like, you know what? Moses, I could do this whole thing with you. I could do this whole thing with you. I'm so frustrated with them. But what I love about Moses, and I believe, this is why I believe that the Lord used Moses. It's because his righteousness wasn't self-righteousness. Because if his was, that would have been the way I believe he would have walked in. But instead, he looked down on the people. He said, God, and my, my pastor from back home, who I grew up under, he read me this commentary before a few months ago. He says that the commentary reads that Moses stood on the mountain in tear-filled eyes, heartbroken. When's the last time we've been heartbroken for people who really don't deserve it? When's the last time we've seen somebody else struggling and we said, rather than, well, they got themselves there. Lord, remember your promise for her. Remember your promise for him. Because you told, you brought them out of Egypt. You've established and called these people. I'm not only praying on their behalf, but I'm praying for the perfect will of the Father. Even though I have to be the one to deal with these people, it's not convenient for me. Now I have to go down and I have to correct and I have to disciple and I have to speak these words that they're not going to like. I have to go correct my brother who really likes to do that. But this is what you've said. This is what you've said. So I lean into that and and I'm like, Lord... Lord, help us. Lord, help us. So then he comes, he comes down, the, down the mountain, and he starts talking to the people. He tells Aaron, let me just go to it. So I'll read what I just said. Moses pleaded with the Lord, your people who have grown out of Egypt with a great and mighty hand, turn your fierce wrath and, and relent from them. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants to whom you swore your own self, and said to them, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven, and this land I've spoken, I will give them. So the Lord relented. Does your prayers matter? <laughs> it's not a fleeting thought. But how many times are we going to get on our face before the Lord and we move the heart of God to where he relents? Are you with me? So don't be, yeah, I'll, pray, I'll pray for you, sister. No, get on your face beside somebody other than yourself 
and I'm speaking to myself, but I'm saying I could, he could sit there in his righteousness. Okay, Lord, thank you so much. I'm so sorry that they did this to you. Now use me, God. No, Lord, move on them. Use your people. Have your will. Have your way. The Lord relented from them, and Moses turned and went down the mountain, and the two tablets were in his hand. Long story short, we know Moses, and he's got this little hot head. I can, it happens. And he, so when he was up there, they get the Ten Commandments, right? Because we're trying to keep in perfect covenant with the Father. Because we, we want to be there, clean hands, pure heart, clean hands, pure heart. So he breaks the tablets. And he comes and he corrects people to get rid of this clean house. I don't know if anybody in here needs to go clean house, but sometimes that the Lord just needs you to hit pause and just talk straight to somebody and say, listen, I know it's been hard. I know it's been tough. I know that you're not feeling this, but it's time for you to go clean your house. It may not be a golden calf, but it may be disappointment. It may be lust. It may be the wrong people. It may be what you're feeding yourself on your TV, on your radio. I don't know what kind of words you're dismissing for a good tune, but I know that if my ears are filled with the wrong things, then I'm not hearing the voice of the Father. So how about we just get up and we get clean in house and we, we drop the porn for loneliness and we come into covenant and then we just speak his word rather than speaking our complaints. I'm not talking about a calf. I'm talking about real life things that we're putting before the Lord and rather stepping into covenant and seeking his face. We're seeking a fulfillment for our flesh. So he comes and he tells these people, consecrate yourself. It's time to get real about this. The Lord has tried to establish a covenant, and we're talking about it up here. I'm up here for you. He's got me up here for you. It's all about him. And to consecrate yourself. Get real. So then he goes and he tries to make an atonement, and the Lord says, hey, we're leaving Sinai. We're stepping out. So if you remember a while ago, I read that they'd, they'd make the altar, the, the, the sacrifices, and then they would have to take the ashes outside the camp. I thought, man, that's a lot of work. And then we have the people inside the camp corrupting the camp. So what do we have to do? So Moses took, took a tent, and he went outside the camp. That's separation. So he went, he went outside the camp. He set up his tent as a tabernacle. And it said that the Lord came and he moved in the tent and, and the glory was rested. The cloud rested on the tent. I don't know what's in your camp. I know what's in my camp. I know what's been in my camp. And I know that those, don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not speaking isolation. Not speaking isolation. I'm saying separation. I'm saying sometimes I got to get secluded and get alone with the Lord. If I'm going to be in covenant, then there's got to be some intimacy. You know what I'm saying? If there's going to be covenant and it's going to be long lasting, I'm not talking about a flash in the pan. Oh, this feels good for a moment. I'm talking about an everlasting covenant. Everlasting. There's got to be some intimacy. So he pulls him out. He said, listen, the camp, the camp's unclean. I'm calling you to a place. I'm calling you to a place with me. 
So he goes and, and he falls in, and then he, he has this experience with the Lord. And what does he do? Jesus is like, I'm out on Jesus. I'll get to Jesus in a second. The Lord says, listen, this is stiff-necked people. You want to go? Take it. I'm not going with you. <laughs> Moses gets before the Lord. He said, Lord, if you don't go, I don't want it. At what point are we so okay that if it doesn't look like we thought it would look like, that we're okay because we just want to be in his presence. That we just want to be where he is, even if it's not what I thought. Even if disappointment got me there, your presence is there. The Prince of Peace, my comforter, has met me in the uncomfortable moments. Imagine that. But his presence is there. So this is what I love about the Lord is second note before I get to more things I love about the Lord. So he says Moses was in the tabernacle and Joshua was with him. And Moses left, but Joshua stayed, right? It matters how you lead. And I don't mean from right here. I don't mean from right here. You have people following you. You have people watching you. You have people listening to you. The words that are coming out of your mouth, the words that aren't coming out of your mouth, I'm talking about body language. Body language. Because here is Moses, and he goes, and he gets in the presence of the Lord, and here comes Joshua. This ain't any, any of my thought process here, but who was the next person after Moses? It matters how you lead. So Joshua stays. And then the Lord says this to Moses. He said, let me find my little page here. He says, I ain't, I ain't worried about that. He calls him back up to Sinai, where the first covenant was established. So he said, okay, we had some sin in the camp. Now I'm calling you away to get separated with me. And now that we've come into repentance, we've come to this place, but I know you're desperate for me. I know you don't want to move without me, so where am I going? I'm calling you back to the place. I'm calling you back to the place where I've made this, this covenant with you. I'm teaching you how to sustain it. So go back to the place. I want somebody to get on their face and remember whenever God spoke the word that he said to you. I don't, I don't need your shout. I'm wanting you to go back right now in your mind and say, Lord, what is that covenant? Because it says in the, in the highlight, God reestablishes his covenant. So he makes the new tablets, and he, and he starts leading the people, and all this is happening. <clears throat> and so what do we have to go back to? I want to go back to the tabernacle. So now the people, the people have seen, man, I can sin, and I can cause separation. I can, the Lord wants, wants to be in my presence. But he's like, you know what? You want to go? Go. And they've got to a place that they don't want that. So now here we are back. We're stepping back into consecration. We're, talk, we're getting back into the covenant with the Lord. And so then it brings me back to the tabernacle. And then it makes me think about Jesus. So let's talk about the tabernacle. Big, big gate, right? Big gate. In our gate on Thanksgiving. I'm so thankful. I'm in his court, so I'm going to praise him. Here's the sacrifice. And here's, here's the door. 
Oh, here's a door. Here's a door. What do you say about? It's actually, if I would take that length and make it the height and then make it real narrow. Because narrow is the way, right? Right, right? Narrow is the way. I'm sorry, I've got to fix this on my shoe. Yeah, okay, thanks. So, so <laughs> I'm sorry, I just cannot focus with this. <laughs> oh, man, that makes me feel so much better. All right, <laughs> okay. So anyways, thank you, Lord. So my, my deal was with Moses. So he goes back up. This is what I wanted to say. He goes back up, and he, and he, this is what I love, is he's met with God so many times. Have you all picked up on this? He's met with him on the mountain. He's met with him on the mountain. We're hanging out for 40 days, and he goes down. He goes to the tent. He's hanging out with him again. He goes back up the mountain. We're hanging out with him again. After all this time, what does he ask the Lord? I want to see your glory. Are we getting tired of the presence of God to where we stop asking for a new, not experience, a new coming into his glory, a new revelation of his glory, just to be in his presence again and not just riding off of a good service last Sunday and the last Wednesday and waiting for the next camp or waiting for the overflow. But he says, you know what? I've been to so many meetings with you, but I'll never get tired of your glory. Are we that kind of people? Are we that kind of people? I believe we are. He said, I will never, ever get tired of it. I want to see your glory. God, make yourself known on this mountain. He says, okay, Moses. If that was me, I'd be like, you're asking for a new level of this, son. So, let's picture this. Disappointment, trying to mess with these people. Lord, I don't want to go without you. I'm desperate. Just show me your glory. Just show me your glory. Anybody feel like there's ever been between a rock and a hard place? Because I can imagine after having to lead these people this long, I'd be so fed up. But he said, let me put you between the cleft of the rock. I'm going to put you in this tight, tight place. I'm going to put you in this place. That isn't where everybody can see it. I'm going to put you in this place that probably isn't real comfortable. But I'm in this tight, tight space. And he says, I'm going to pass by you. And then my glory, just my shadow is going to come on you. And then you know what? It tells me about Moses' countenance whenever he's in this tough place. It matters how you handle your tough place. Because he says, he says, when Moses left the place, his face was shining. So that's when you're in that hard place. I'm telling you, lift your head because he's coming to put his glory on you. So that when you are walking around, the glory of the Lord is shining on your face. You don't have to say nothing. You don't have to do nothing. Nobody has to see you in that place. But he's looking and you just pass by and they say something's different. Something's different. He must have been in the glory. He must have been in the glory. So I'm like, okay, God, what is this? Why did you bring him up there? You bring him back. And this whole time, maintain the flame, maintain the flame. Maintain the flame. Maintain the flame. Aaron, we're going to speak to the people. Go tend the flame. I've, I've seen his glory. I've got the veil on my face. Maintain the flame. 
Should we go to the garden? He says, let's make these men, let's make humanity in our image, man and woman. What I want you to do, this is all I want you to do. This is, this is what you're created for right here. I've made you, I've established you. You have dominion. Be fruitful, multiply. Be fruitful, multiply. So Moses goes on this mountain, and he's dwelling with the Lord. And it's just, it's just not working out. Long story. Many books later, God's like, all right, Jesus, it's time. So Jesus comes on the scene. And he, and he keeps talking in these parables, all these riddles. And we're trying to figure out what's this guy talking about. He, he's like going to fix all this. It's looking like a mess more than it is anything else. I'm telling you, people are hating on us. We got crowds and we got haters. We got crowds and we got haters. People going to love you. People going to hate you. What was he focused on? The Father. Man, I could, I could tell you off. I could tell you what I'm thinking. But I'm going to say what my Father says. I'm going to do what my Father has asked me to do. I don't, I don't think you catch that. I, don't, I appreciate the shout, but I don't need it. I wasn't called here to please man. I wasn't called here for that. But my ear is tuned to the Father, like Moses, like Aaron, so that I can speak what my Father's saying. Whether you love me or you hate me, whether I think you deserve it, Israel, I'm going to pray for you because that's what he's saying. He's saying, my will, my will. So anyways, Jesus, Jesus sits down with his disciples. And they're at the table. That's funny. So they're sitting here, right? And he's trying to explain them what's going on. And uh, so they're, they're here. He's getting ready to go and, and be the sacrifice. And he's, he, tell, he washes their feet. And he goes to explain. And he says, listen, I'm going to go away. And the Holy Spirit's going to come, right? But this, this is what I'm asking you to do. I'm reestablishing covenant. I want you to abide in me and I in you. Connect to the vine and bear fruit. Go to Genesis. Be fruitful. Right? Be fruitful. How do we do that in 2021? Abide in you. Abide in me. And be fruitful. Does this make sense to you? So he says, okay. I'm telling you, and I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to come and help you. So then he goes, and he, and he dies. Jesus, he takes on the wages of our sin. He makes the final atonement. And he comes back. And when he hangs out with them for about 40 days, right? Yeah. He tells them, he says, now I want you to go. And I want you to make disciples. Be fruitful, multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. Well, what does that have to do with the tabernacle? So we got this gate, right? I'm going to bring you back to this gate all night, okay? We got this gate. God, it's so wide. This tabernacle, it's for his dwelling, right? We got this tall door. 
Why is it so tall? Because only the priests could go there. The ones who are set apart and consecrated. What has to do with the consecration? The oil. The oil. The holy oil. This isn't made for anything else, but I'm consecrated. I'm oily, and I, can, I have access, right? I have access. So instead, this is, what, this is what seems to happen from my perspective. This is like the Kelsey version. Is we have this sacrifice, right? I come into his gates. God, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for my church. I'm so thankful for my pastors. I am. But here is my hour and a half church service. I'm going to put it on the altar. I'm going to get real wild and crazy while it's burning. <laughs> and then I'm going to go back to work. I just left the dwelling place. Okay, well, they got Wednesday nights here. Thank you, Lord. I'm back in your house. Oh, so grateful. Here's a couple worship songs, my hour and a half service. There's my sacrifice. Here's that money I put in the offering. Here's somebody I did something good for. That's my sacrifice. And we, we wonder, it's so easy. It's so easy to be ready when we're here. We're getting ready. We're getting ready. Are we getting ready outside of this? I'm speaking to me as much as I'm speaking to you. But how are we maintaining? He said, I want it burning all day, all night. All day, all night. That should be burning. And then you got something like COVID happened, shutting in the doors. What are we going to put on the sacrifice when they won't let us in the church? What are we going to put on the sacrifice when they try and close your mouth and say you can't say the name Jesus? What are we going to do when we don't think we can speak the truth because somebody's offended that I don't stand for homosexuality? What are they going to do whenever they try and shut me down and I don't have that time to lay on the altar? What's on the altar? I'm supposed to be a living sacrifice. My praise is supposed to be incense so that I can put myself here and say, Lord, here I am. I'm available because you're worthy, because you're worthy, because you're worthy. I'm going to be the sacrifice. I lay myself holy, anointed, set apart. I'm going to be that without blemish, without spot, in the best I can in my flesh that I lay on the altar and I say, have all of me. Have all of me every day. So, Jesus, he comes that we may, we might be here. Right. Isaiah six. Isaiah gets a glimpse of this. So I want to go back to Moses. That he had the right idea that wasn't about him. If we're gonna be in his presence, it demands a response. It's not here so that I can say, I'm the most holy of them all. I'm in his presence. I've made myself here in the Lord. I, I'm in his courts. I know how to praise him. I know when to lift my hands. My church is the holiest of them all. I love my church, but not in arrogance. So, so Isaiah 6, in the year that King Uzziah, give me some grace, died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up. The train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two he covered his face. With two he covered his feet. And with two he flew. 
Here's where I like this part. He says, Another one cried and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, while the earth is full of his glory. The posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. And this, was, this, is, this is Isaiah's response. Woe is me, for I am undone. I am a man of unclean lips. All the things that I think I've done, and because I can put myself in this place, Lord, I have seen that I am not even worthy. I, have, I, I don't deserve this, but yet you've, you've allowed me to be in your presence. Woe is me. I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. My eyes have seen the King of the Lord of hosts. And then he says, he touched my mouth with it, with a, with a coal. He put the coal to his lips. Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin is purged. So he's in the presence of, the, of, of God. And here we are having this Moses moment of, Lord, I, I am not worthy. I'm not worthy of this. His presence demands a response. And he says, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And Isaiah said, Here I am. Here I am. Send me. Here I am. Send me. And this is the importance one of the important things of being, being full of the oil. Because Isaiah, he's in the presence, and he, and he says, I'll be sent. I'm abiding with you. I know I'm bearing fruit. Send me. Send me, Lord. Here I am. I'm on your altar. I'm a sacrifice. Here I am. And you jump about 50-something books later. And here goes Isaiah. Y'all know what the oil is? We good with the oil? Because if I'm not in his presence, if I'm not filled with the Spirit, I don't have the oil. If I don't know how to get in that alone time and worship him and let him fill me and stir something within me, I don't have the oil. If I'm going to wait until pastors lay their hands on me on a Wednesday night and I hope I stand in a good spot and they ain't tired by the time they get to me, I don't have the oil. But this, this same guy, here I am, send me. How did he send me? The Lord has anointed me. Somebody needs to say, the Lord has anointed me. What are you supposed to do? Are you supposed to sit on your couch and say, look at me, I'm so anointed. He said, no, I've, I've anointed me to preach the good tidings to the poor. He has sent me. He's sending me. He sent you to heal the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prisons to those who are bound, to, to proclaim jubilee in the day of vengeance of our God to comfort those who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion and give them beauty for ashes 
and the oil of joy for their mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, planted of the Lord, that he may be glorified. We're going to go rebuild old ruins. We're going to make dead things new again. But how am I going to do that? Because I am anointed by the Lord. Anointed by the Lord. Somebody needs to say, I'm anointed. I'm anointed. This sounds so brutal. It's not about us. It's not about you. So I go back to what I said. The Lord who has created and sustained it all. He chose you. To go and do this. And we know he's, he's talking about Jesus, right? But he's talking about us. So Jesus came. And there's the whole gate. And here's the door. Here's the veil. And the Holy of Holies. And you got Jesus comes on the scene. And he starts talking about this kingdom. And he starts talking about this access and and how, how they're going to tear down the temple, rebuild, all this stuff. He said, this is the heart of the Father. It's a gate. It's wide. His desire, I want to draw all men to me. Make it wide. Call them in. Draw them in. Invite them to the wedding. It's wide. You got Jesus over here. And they're like, well, how do I get to the Father? (laughs) Jesus, man, he's bad. He said, you know what? I'm the way. I'm the truth. (laughs) And I'm the life. He said, you know what? I'm the door. He said, but no man can come to the Father except through me. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go and I'm going to take your sin. I'm going to take your sin. I'm going to take all the sin and hate in Kelsey Sheffield's heart. I'm going to put it on my back. I'm going to carry it to the cross. And then I'm going to die a brutal death. I'm going to go and defeat death, hell, and the grave. So that from top to bottom, from top to bottom, from the very top to the very bottom, I want you to understand zero restriction. If I will come to know Jesus, then I can step through. And the veil was torn. The veil was torn that I had complete access, that I can come before the Father, that I don't need anybody to come and make it for me. I don't have to do anything. I lay myself before him as a sacrifice. I go through Jesus, and I can make it right with the Father on my own, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The Creator wants to be with me. That's what you're created for. So, Genesis, he's hanging out with them. We get around Exodus, Leviticus. Light the fire all the time. Isaiah sees it. He says, I see him gather around the throne. Day and night, night and day. Praises, incense, incense. Burn the fire, day and night, night and day, incense, incense, praise, praise, sacrifice and praise. The oil, the oil, 
Why is it so important? This is one of them stories Jesus threw out at Matthew 25. He said, The kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Ten virgins. What does that tell me? Their works are pure. They know what to do, what not to do. We've got the works figured out. Five of them were wise, and five were, were foolish. Ten were virgins. What does that tell me? When he's asking you for clean hands, a pure heart, consecrated, a sacrifice, guys, this is not religion. We're not calling, I'm not asking you to walk this fine line for the sake of doing it. I'm not asking you to learn the right things to say and the right scriptures to spout off. I'm not asking you to do that. He's calling you into righteousness. Ten of these these girls knew what they were doing. They knew how to act. Five of them were wise. Why is that? Those who were foolish took their lamps with no oil in them, but the wise took the oil in their vessels with the lamp. While the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us. And but rather go to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him in the wedding, and the door was shut. This is not about works. This is about a holy, divine relationship with Jesus Christ, that I can get alone with the Father through that access, and that I get in His presence, and I'm full of oil, and I'm not running on E because I'm running on yesterday, but day to day, I say, Lord, I'm the vessel. Fill me. Leave my lamp burning. Let me be ready at all times, because just as Pastor Caleb said, you're not going to cut off on my praise, and I'm not going to get off on yours, because I can only sustain myself. If you want your oil, go get it. You know, whenever he says, we go, we go to the judgment. He says, you workers of iniquity, (laughs) you workers, right? Workers of iniquity depart from me. I want you to keep that in your mind. Afterward, the other versions came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the time nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. We know not the time or the hour. So this thing, keep it burning. Keep it burning. Because I don't want to be caught riding one day, getting a little too comfortable or a little too discouraged or a little too frustrated 
that my lamp is empty. Right. That I'm, I'm out of oil. I'll just write off. That worship team's pretty good. Maybe some will get up in mine. No. No. Because here's the deal. Isaiah said it. They're gathered around the throne. And he's coming to get his bride. He's coming to get his bride. Look at what's going on. He's preparing his church. And this is, this is my heart towards the Lord is, God, I'll leave the light on for you. Because when he went back to the garden, he, just, he went back to walk with them in the cool of the day. But they were hid. Where y'all at? So they took these fig leaves, detached from the vine. Abide in me, I in you. I'm the vine, you're the branch, let's bear some fruit. But instead we get disconnected. One leaf at a time. One disappointment. One sin. One shame. And I'm going to wear it. I'm going to hide and all these dead things. I'm going to hide in my guilt, in my shame, in my rebellion, in all this death, these dead leaves. How am I going to be anointed when I'm covered in dead things? He's been walking with these people for however long, a hot minute. I've been calling for you. Where are you at? I've made this place to dwell with you. And you're, and you're hiding in all this. I didn't create you for that. Who told you you were naked? Who told you that you had to, you had to hide? Who told you to be ashamed? Who told you that I, that I would withhold something from you, that you're not enough? Who told you that? I know that you're trying to live right and do right. You're ten virgins. But you weren't filled with my presence. You weren't filled with my spirit. How do I know where to find you when you don't leave the light on for me? Because what am I doing? I'm keeping the light burning so that I can reflect what I'm going to. It's from transition to transition. The, the, the flame is burning. The light is burning. The altar is ready. I'm giving you this incense. I'm giving you my praise. I want you to fill me so that I can pour out. It's going to burn because I'm going to pour out and you're going to sustain. Pour out, sustain. Pour out, sustain so that I may go come to the wedding. Come to the wedding. He's coming. Everybody needs to come to the wedding. His gate is wide. The door is open. Come to the wedding. Let's all be full. You don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss it. Come on in. Come on in. I'm anointed for this. I have the invitation. It's the oil. It's the oil. Can I give you some? Come get in his presence and get some for yourself because he's coming. But if your light's out, you missed it. Why does this matter? Revelation 4. The final seal. Now I saw when the lamb opened 
One of the seals, I heard one of the four living creatures saying with a voice like thunder, come and see. I looked and behold a white horse and he who sat on it bowed, a crown was given to him. They went and conquered. I'm reading six. Let's go to four. I mean, that's still good too. I was like, this is, this is wrong. Here we go. Revelation four. We're at the throne room of heaven. The veil is torn. Jesus gave us access. We've been invited in. I'm your sacrifice. I'm coming in. So he gets this revelation. After these things, I looked and behold a door standing open. <laughs> and the first voice I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me saying, come up here and I'll show you things which must take place after this. Immediately I was in the spirit and behold a throne set in heaven and one sat on the throne. Just one. He who sat there was like Jasper and a start, stardiest stone in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne in appearance like an emerald. Around the throne were 24 thrones and on the throne 24 elders sitting clothed in white. They had crowns of gold on their head. From the throne proceeded lightnings, thunderings, and voices. Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. I'll hop down to eight. The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within, and they do not rest day or night. I've come to commune with you without separation since then. Burn this fire day and night. You don't know if he's coming day, night, or the hour. Keep it burning. Because when we step into the throne room of heaven, They do not rest day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. <laughs> I don't know about y'all, but man, that day's coming. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the elders fall down before him and sit on the throne and worship the one who lives forever, casting their crowns before him, saying, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things. And for you, all things were created. He's not just preparing you for his coming. He's preparing you for eternity in covenant. My question is, are your lamps full of oil? Because sometimes I know I get, I get dry I've had a tough week and I lose perspective. I know heaven's coming. 
I know I'm going. But Lord, I want to. You're not withholding yourself from me till I get there. You've given me access to you. Lord, now I just want to present myself as a living sacrifice, holy and anointed, holy and acceptable. Because you came and you've given me access to you that I may come and dwell in the most holy of places. Because you're coming. He's coming. And he's getting us ready so that we may fall before him. And just say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. I don't know where you're at in that story. Maybe you're full and you're ready. Maybe you're in the cleft of the rock and you just want to see his glory. I'm not trying to stir your emotion. I'm trying to get you to understand that he created all things. He created you He created me for his glory. And I want to be to the point that, Lord, the depths in me are crying out to the depths in you. That we may operate as one so that I may bring somebody to the wedding. So that I might be fruitful and multiply. I'm all for the resurrection. That's the foundation. That's the foundation. Jesus is the chief cornerstone. And your assignment is to build his church. You can't do it dry. Be fruitful and multiply. I have no order of this. This is open. If you just, however you want to do this, I have no idea. And I'm really not concerned. Because at the end of the day, I want to find myself before him, willing and ready in his presence. God, here I am. Send me. Here I am. God, feel me. Because I want to be there when you call me home. I want to be there when you come and visit me in my safe space. I want to be there when you visit me in my Monday. And I want to be ready. I want to be ready when I'm at work, when I'm in my car, because I know that this is a glimpse of eternity with you. So we just posture ourselves to receive. Just posture ourselves to receive. Lord, we thank you for your glory. God, that we may not get tired of your glory. That I wouldn't take advantage that your willingness to commune with me. God, I pour myself out before you so that I may be filled with you over and over and over again.
God, give us fresh oil. Give us fresh oil, God. I don't want this fire to burn out. We hope you enjoyed this word. If you would like to hear more messages like this one, please take a second and click the subscribe button. And for more information on our ministry, please visit us at rhctn.com.